0: Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. Julia Cameron is the ultimate Wheels Off guest. She's many things. She's an author, an artist, a poet, a playwright, a novelist, a filmmaker, composer, journalist. But she's best known as a teacher. And what she teaches is creativity. What she teaches is unblocking, how to get past the things that hold us back. And for my money, she's the best at it. I only recently discovered her. Her book, The Artist's Way, was sitting on my shelf for over a decade, unread, until Brian Copelman recommended it during a Wheels Off interview, and I fell in love with the process. Like 50 million other people have done since the book came out in 1992, The Morning Pages, The Artist's Date all the different things that go into the artist's way. And Julia Cameron has gone on to write 40 books. She has a brand new book, The Listening Path, that's coming out right now, The Creative Art of Attention, which I love. It's a great book. And in this interview, you can probably hear that I'm a little starstruck. And I don't know if that's something that happens to me often. Often. I've spoken to big stars, and you would think that I would have gotten starstruck many times over, but I don't know, something about Julia Cameron, she's kind of magical. And it's a quick interview, you know. She she lets her books speak for her, and they do beautifully. And in the interview she she's succinct and she's funny, and she's thoughtful. The point that she makes about enlightenment is one that makes me so happy. There is a point in the interview, maybe 10 minutes in, when I'm asking her about her earliest moments when she realizes that she's a writer, an artist, and she begins to tell a story that I recognize from The Artist's Way, where she was writing short stories to win the affections of a boy in grade school. And the beginning of that story gets cut off because of a blizzard in the Hudson Valley that killed my Wi-Fi for a second. We got rolling back again, and she picked the story up. But you will miss out on a tiny bit of that. Otherwise, I think you'll love this. She's just a magic person. And I'm so grateful that I got to speak with Julia Cameron. Welcome to Wheels Off. Welcome to Wheels Off, Julia Cameron. Thank you so much for being here.
1: You're very welcome. In your blizzarded day, I'm happy to be visiting you from Santa Fe where we are snow-free today.
0: Well, it's super beautiful there and a really magical place. I'm I'm so jealous that you're that you get to be there right now. Oh, I'd love to be anywhere. By the way, congratulations on The Listening Path. This is such a great book. I'm not all the way through it. I just got it but I love the message of it, listening.
1: Thank you. Yes, as a musician, you must love it.
0: Well, yeah, it's funny. I've gotten to be friends with a lot of improv actor comedians, and and I thought that so much of what they did was constantly thinking about what they were going to do next or what they were going to say, but it's almost all of what they're doing is listening to what the other person is saying and being able to respond to it, but mostly listening. Yes. Um, So what creative project are you working on right now? Is it just the promotion of the new book, or do you have a new book going? And and how is is it lighting you up?
1: Well, two questions. Um, I'm in the middle of book launch on the listening path. So that's been hectic uh, and exciting uh, and scary uh, and um, good so far. Uh, and I have a book uh, that's at my editor right now on guidance. So uh, that's my newest project.
0: I know for musicians, when a record is done, there's a four-month window before it comes out. And that can be a really nerve-wracking time, waiting to see how people respond. But it doesn't seem like you ever stop. If you've already got a book to your editor, then it's you're just always rolling, right?
1: I try to be always rolling. I went through a period uh, when we first did COVID uh, where I wasn't writing anything except for my morning pages. Uh, And I found myself uh, saying, oh, Julia, you're supposed to be the queen of creativity. And where's your creativity? Uh, And then my morning pages said, you're going to write a play. And I said, but I have no ideas right now for a play. Uh, And they said, start with birds. So I started with, aren't they lovely? Uh, And a play unfolded. Uh, And it gave me great sanity to have a creative project to work on while we were busy being in forced solitude.
0: I love that your story about the idea for the play was itself in the form of dialogue, which I do find the morning pages to often be, right? Like we are having a dialogue with ourselves or with our morning pages, right? Yes. I, well, I love that. And one of the, um, one of the reasons that um, I am so excited to be talking to you is because um, Brian Koppelman, who says hello, by the way, was a guest was a guest on my podcast and he uh, credits the Morning Pages with keeping him sane and getting him unblocked and, you know, with a great deal of his success. And I was reminded by that that I had a copy of The Artist's Way, and this is months ago now. This is um, late spring. I had a copy of Artist's Way sitting on my bookshelf, and I had always thought, "Well, no, I need to read a book about plot, or I need to read a book of you know what are those the autodidactic beating myself up with the the books that I should be reading." In flying air quotes. So, because of his reminder, I went back and fell in love with The Artist's Way, and um, and have been writing morning pages ever since. And I wonder, and you might you might have heard this from people. How many folks have been, have had their sort of lives, insanity or artistic lives, at least saved by the practice of doing morning pages during the pandemic specifically?
1: Well, it's an interesting thing. The L.A. Times has a bestseller list uh, and right now the artist's way is number three. (laughs) And uh, this is after 30 years. So I think during the pandemic, more people are rushing out to purchase it, hoping to channel their creativity in a productive way. Uh, Otherwise, the energy of the pandemic can be sort of chaotic. Yeah. What a beautiful, positive
0: thing to be part of the zeitgeist at this moment. You know, instead of people watching bleak movies about pandemics, they're reading the artist's way. That makes me so happy.
1: It makes me pretty happy, too. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: bet. Um, So this is something that you've touched on in your writing over the years and in interviews you've given. But um, for the sake of the wheels off listeners, um, I wonder if you would walk me through the the time when you realized that you were going to live a creative life specifically. Like when you were a kid, was there an epiphany moment? I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to be an artist. And then I wonder also, as a follow-up, what it was like to then pivot into this, this new thing where you're the sort of, um, um, what's the word, where you're helping other people with their cre- creative lives.
1: I went ahead writing short stories to woo Peter Mundy, uh, and I didn't succeed in wooing him, but I succeeded in wooing myself. Uh, I became a writer at age 12. Uh, And I found myself uh, writing a lot of poetry, uh, and I still write a lot of poetry. uh, And I found myself feeling like this was what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, And it never occurred to me to look elsewhere. I was very lucky. I I had parents who did not say to me, oh, sweetheart. Don't you think you might need something to fall back on? Uh, Instead, they were supportive. Uh, And so I come from a big family. uh, And what we did was if we learned something like learned how to tie a bootleg, you then turned around and taught it to a sibling. So for me, the artist's way was a glorified version of helping a sibling. Uh, i learned something i wrote it down i gave it to somebody else uh and when i wrote the art of sway i thought i was writing it for about 10 people uh who were my my peers and my colleagues who were blocked uh and of course now it turns out uh 5 million people have worked the art of sway which is a staggering number uh and uh I can't feel that they're all gullible. I feel (laughs) that they are getting something out of it. Uh, And uh, what they're getting out of it is guidance and direction.
0: Funny, even hearing the story about the way the artist's way found success is, I feel like, inspiring. Because you put the book out there, and, and it was a little while before it caught on, right? And it took the Jungians, and it took like a couple of different small groups finding it and falling in love with it and using it. And then it like caught like wildfire from there. That's
1: Yes, it was um, word of mouth. Uh, when they published it, they printed 7,500. Uh, and they thought, well, it's going to be a small little California book because it's so woo-woo. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it turned out that it spoke to people who weren't afraid of being woo-woo.
0: I love, that. <laughs> well, but in a way, I mean that was my experience with it too. It sat on my shelf for a while because I thought, well, I need these things that are a lot more specific about plot and whatever the the things that seemed like they were the book that would speak to me, and in the end, you know, like Brian Koppelman told me it was it was the artist's way, so uh, this is kind of a crazy question, but when I talk to people for Wheels Off the 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 next thing I try and dig into is is a thing that you've devoted literally forty books to addressing, so it's kind of crazy, but I wonder for you when you run up against the uh internally generated obstacles the the negative voices in your head, the fear the um roseanne Cash talked about the success guilt. Um, People have talked about imposter syndrome. When you run up against these things, um, what are the tricks that you've discovered to move past them?
1: Well, it's a good question. I have a critic uh, that's been with me since I was 18 years old. Uh, His name is Nigel. uh, And Nigel is a gay British interior decorator. uh, And I, I can never write anything that meets Nigel's standards. Uh, And he's always sniping at me and saying, this is boring. You've done this before. No one's going to be interested in creativity again. Uh, And um, I've learned to say to Nigel, Nigel, thank you for sharing. Uh, And this is something that comes from writing morning pages because there's three pages of longhand morning writing about absolutely anything. And there's no wrong way to do them. But your little Nigels, everybody has a Nigel, uh, although you may call it something else. Uh, The little Nigel perks up and is negative. Uh, And we say, thank you for sharing. And we keep on writing. And this becomes a portable skill. This business of stepping past the censor, stepping past the critic, Uh, and it It's a wonderful thing for an actor uh, who's waiting in the wings, terrified. uh, And his critic says, you're not going to be any good today, Nick. Uh, And you say, thank you for sharing. And you step onto the stage.
0: I love that. You know, I'm going to think about Nigel now. I was writing a song earlier today and there was a voice in my head. And next time that exact thing happens, it'll be Nigel. That I think of. Um, well, I really love that, and I love the new book. I think the listening path it's it's such a it's such a beautiful approach and um, and to creativity. And like you said, for musicians, so much of it is about listening, responding, being receptive. You know, being a part of, and, and really, it speaks to sort of the meaning of life, being a part of the larger conversation. That is sort of what it's all about. Um, So I wonder if you were, and once again, you've doled out advice for so many decades, um, but if you were to give a specific piece of advice to a 21-year-old version of yourself that you were to meet today in today's world, um, what advice do you think you might give yourself?
1: I would say sweet tea, write morning pages. (laughs) I recognize that I sound a little bit like a fanatic because when people bring up problems or questions, my answer frequently is write morning pages. They will move you toward the positive. They will train you to expand. They will train you to take risks. Uh, And um, it was interesting when I met Brian Kopelman, he said, Julia, I'm an atheist. Uh, And I said, oh, well, I'm a believer. And then we kind of stopped. uh, And he said, I've been writing morning pages for 22 years, and I have written 13 feature films. Uh, And I said, well, Brian, clearly you don't believe in God, but God believes in you.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, I think morning pages are such a gift that you've given to the world, and and these books are so beautiful, and it's funny that you brought up birds. I had two cardinals perched outside my office window all morning, and I kept thinking of my sweet little grandma who passed away on this day 24 years ago, and I kept thinking it was maybe her. But I just I think that what you're doing is so beautiful, and you're giving something so beautiful to the world. And I really appreciate you sitting down with me today. To share your story, and um, thank you so much. I mean, um, God, I feel like I've I feel like I blazed through this interview with you, but you're so succinct. You're so good at your job.
1: Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> well, I think the thing is uh, that I love artists, uh, and when I first was uh, walking in Greenwich Village, praying. Give me a new idea, meaning give me an idea for a movie. Uh, I heard teach uh, and I thought, Oh no, I don't want to be a teacher uh i I want to be an artist uh and i I thought they were two separate things, uh, and I had a mythology that said teachers couldn't be artists, but then I started teaching. Uh, And what I found out was that as I unblocked myself, uh, I became more of an artist. uh, And that there was no conflict between teaching and and artistry. uh, And that, in fact, I loved teaching. Uh, And it's very exciting when you go out to teach uh, and um, you, you look into the faces of those who are learning Uh, And their faces light up, uh, and you begin to realize, oh, enlightenment. That's a serious term uh, and an accurate term. Uh, And I feel like when I go out to teach, it's like I'm visiting a garden, uh, and people will come up to me and say, I used your book, and now I'm a novelist. (laughs) Or I used your book, and I've made these beautiful earrings. Or I used your book, and I have my own podcast. Uh, I used your book, uh, and I, they will say, the sentence that they say to me most often is, Julia, your book changed my life. And I say, aha, you changed your life. I gave you the tools, but you used them.
0: Mm. I love that. That's so great. Well, Julia, thank you for giving us the tools, and congratulations on the Listening Path and the L.A. Times bestseller list again. I mean, think about just from just from this neck, this most recent surge in sales of The Artist's Way. How many novelists? How many ballet dancers? How many screenwriters are going to come out of that? What a, what a legacy you've built. I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you so much.
1: You're very welcome.
0: All right. Well, take care of yourself.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: All right. Thank you so much for listening to Wheels Off. Please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us appear higher in the search results and lets other folks know that it's a cool podcast to listen to. Also, as the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create every day. Thanks, y'all.